The Tag Team Podcast is now on Alexa via the Inipod app to use just say, Alexa, open Inipod. Inipod, at your service. Ask me to play a podcast. Play the Tag Team Podcast. Now playing the Tag Team Podcast. You're listening to the Tag Team Podcast, the podcast that is a WWE Network companion, currently covering 1985 WWF Tuesday Night Titans. And now here are your Tag Team Podcast hosts, Jeff Jones and John Burke. Greetings, I'm John Burke. I am Jeff Jones. We are on the Tongue Twister podcast of February 22nd, episode 23, 1985. And it is a beautiful February 22nd, I must say. I'm sure I'll get the episode and the date flip-flopped at some point in this podcast since we're so close to each other. Yeah, I had trouble. When I was making notes, I was having trouble actually trying to keep up with what episodes were what and which formats went with what. Yeah, it was fun. Just corrected my in that intro i had the 23rd of february noticed on the format sheets 22nd and i'm like oh yeah that's the one that was gonna be tough so but you persevered and that's what matters i pushed through it and i made the correction we're all set at least on paper we'll see how it goes on audio so what is this for i got a new toy oh i broke down and got a playstation 4 pro i'm jealous i'm semi glad i did i mean i've been out of the game for a little while i've been playing my playstation 2 forever now that you can do more modding on them than you could when they were actually popular and then i've been playing playstation 3 sporadically but i broke down and got a playstation 4 got a five terabyte drive for it because everything seems to be having to go on to the hard drive nowadays and i got wwe what are we up to 2k18 now and i realized that i suck at video games yeah it's so man I think I've become like my dad. He was like really good at Atari, River Aid, and I'd bring over Sega Monday Night Raw whenever I was coming up in the summer, and I'd always just beat the crap out of him. Couldn't figure it out because it had more than one button. Just not good with this current engine they're using on 2K18. Getting old. So you're blaming the engine for your lack of Cheeto skills? Well, yeah, they changed the stuff since, I don't know, the last one I was actually good at. I wasn't great at 2K14 either but used to the thq whenever that was popular and still in business it always have the same type of format as far as your left analog stick would always move the guy and i think you'd always press x or o and that would be your lockup and then you do like triangle or square and that would be your gravel hard strong move or whatever and now you have to hold down l1 and x and move the pad at the same time to be able to do a move it's to me it's like street fighter or mortal Kombat or something because never good in any of those games also they made it more complicated yeah well i can't say much the last wrestling game i played was wcw versus nwo world tour i rock that's pretty old man yes nintendo 64 that's where it was at loved it as you know i got a bunch of wrestling games so that is in my collection those were definitely the easiest engines or easier engines because you just up and then one button and that'd be your lockup and then you can press any four buttons and that'd give you four different moves well now they want you to have 16 moves and you have to hold down the l1 and make sure you toggle at the same time and don't even get me started on the submission thing they got going on now it's ridiculous like why can't you just press buttons 
Nope, you gotta rotate your R meter toggle, make sure the meter's inside their meter, and it's like you're chasing their meter, because you're just going around in a circle, and if they're both on top of each other, and the red's on top, then you submit, but if the blue's on top, then they escape. It's like, come on, man. Just hit buttons. What the hell are we doing? Well, they are cheats anyway, so if you're playing against AI, you're gonna lose, because they program them. <laughs> You can't beat numbers, and that's all it is. I started off on normal, but down to easy, and I'm still getting my butt kicked. Luckily, the, what do they call it? My wrestler, I don't know, my something. Whatever the storyline mode is, you create your own person. You can't use an already created person, and you move them up the ranks. Well, luckily, the first time you're in NXT, you can, like, redo all the challenges on the fly. So if you lose, you can just do a rematch until you can win. But once you get up where the big boys play... Get into that Raw or SmackDown roster, you got one shot, you get pinned, the storyline progresses. Like, really? Wow. Yeah. I'm on the big roster now, and yeah, I've already lost once to Sack Rider. Well, better than Dolph Ziggler, I guess. Yeah, not much. He's on SmackDown, I'm sure. It's hard since this roster came out back then, the storyline semi like that, so it's kind of hard to say where everyone would be at and things like that. I don't remember October of last year where the storylines were. Oh. Yeah, I'll keep you updated sporadically throughout this. I'll let you know if I get any better, but for right now, definitely not in a good groove. I was the NXT champion, but we won't go into how many attempts it took for me to finally get that. So, moving on. This episode is on YouTube, as of this recording at least. It's the WWE 24-7 version from the Video On Demand days. I didn't see any differences, so if you want to watch it, we will put a link up on our Facebook page. Hopefully it'll still be there by the time you hear this podcast and you're able to watch it. Hi, I am Bosley and I am here with Hulk Hogan. Hulk, thanks for being part of this promo for the new Tag Team Podcast Shop campaign. Sure, no problem. For each shirt or item sold, a portion goes to the Tag Team Podcast to help fund the web bandwidth cost. We have shirts starting at $24.49. Wow, that's unbelievable. If we sold all those shirts, where's my percentage? Hulk, you don't get a percentage. Some of the money goes to the Tag Team Podcast since they are their shirts. Those are my shirts. I've got a right to sell them. Do you want to cash me outside how about that? That's not what I want. Look, man, I made a mistake. I apologize. I was a real horse's ass. That's what I thought. To visit the Tag Team Pod Shop, go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash the Tag Team Pod Shop, all one word, or click on the link in the description of this podcast or on the side of the web page. Do it, brother. I guess I blew that one. It's okay, Hulk. Our listening audience are used to it. That's for damn sure. Ready to do some recapping? Ready to reap, cap, cap, cap. Let's do it. Previously on the Tag Team Podcast. Recapping episode 22 on the February 15th of 1985. First up, we had our first clip. It is Cindy Lauper and Lou Albano getting the award from Dick Clark and MSG. And we had a rowdy experience. Next up, we come back to the studio and we have an interview with Rowdy Piper. And then after that, we have the interview and 
an interview and an interview and an interview with a little bit of a promo. And then we finally come back to reality with a match. It's a tag match with Roddy Piper and Bob Orton versus Tunga Kid and Jimmy Snuka. After that, we had an interview with Lou Albano and talking about his MS Fun, the original first clip we talked about with the getting the award. Next up, we had an interview with Jimmy Snuka, which was always interesting. And God bless. The next up, we had a match with Jimmy Snuka versus Bobby Bass. Reverse backbreaker, Jimmy Time. And finally, we have an interview with David Wolf, who speaks of the incident with Cindy Lauper and Lou Albano. And he is hoping his big brother, Hulk Hogan, will take revenge for him. And that was the 22nd episode of Friday Night Titans, February 15th, 1985. Before we get started recapping, there was the war to settle the score that happened in between episode 22 and 23. We decided not to do a special edition because everything on YouTube was just the MTV version, which was a huge hype fest. And then Hulk Hogan versus Piper, where just like Brawl to end it all was the same thing, but we're able to find the MSG network copy, which had the full card with all the matches and all that. So we didn't really see our point in just doing a special edition on one match that had more hype than actual matches. So it's out there on YouTube. We'll put a link on our Facebook. Should still be out there by the hearing of this because it's out there multiple times. And if you want to watch it, we'll put it on there and you will get no spoilers here. With that in mind, recap in episode 23 of the Tuesday Friday Night Titans, February 22nd, 1985. We joined Vince and Lord Alfred Hayes at the barn of Hillbilly Jim. Wink, wink. That is Mud Lake, Kentucky for all y'all hillbillies out there wondering where exactly he is. Good luck finding Mud Lake, Kentucky. I couldn't find it. Google didn't really know where it was either. I think I know where it is. Somewhere near Canada. That's why we see him in all the Canadian wrestling matches with Jack Reynolds and Angelo Mosca. I need you to submit a request to Google to get on it a little better. Is that this? To your man, Canada, Kentucky. And before they knock on the door to try to get in there to get an interview with Hillbilly Jim, Vince does mention that Lord Alfred Hayes is the English version of Mr. Green Jeans. This piqued my curiosity a little bit because I didn't know who Mr. Green Jeans were. That makes two of us. So I did a little digging since Bosley was off and I found out that Mr. Green Jeans earned his moniker from his distinctive apparel, a pair of farmer's overalls, and his signature green, although since the show broadcast in black and white for much of his run, this was really lost on the viewers. He was a talented, inquisitive handyman who provided assistance at the treasure house. He frequently often visited the captain with the latest addition in his lot of zoo animals. And in case you're curious, this is a character that was featured from time to time on Captain Kangaroo. Must have missed those episodes. I don't know. You know, I just didn't make time when I was a kid between Muppet Babies and Fraggle Rock. I really didn't. Captain Kangaroo was kind of a weird dude and he's kind of living in the 70s, much like Alfred Hayes with some of his suits and attire that I remember. Thinking he came on Nickelodeon. Uh, I think they like to rerun stuff. You could be right. But we join Hillbilly Jim in the barn that's totally not a studio and it's revealed to us with a wide shot from episode 21 that it is a studio. So, looks like to me they aired it out of context because 21 looks like it should have probably went after 22 instead of before because magically they knew the dog's names in 21. Granny was just there by herself talking about Hillbilly Jim and it seems in this episode they're meeting her for the first time so a little bit of a oops there on WWE's part on the airing of the episodes out of order or the clips there. 
terrible. Yes. And to make things worse, this is probably not a good episode to watch if you're a vegetarian. That will be correct. Or a fan of PETA. Yes. Literally dead chicken flopping around during this whole time. This was a chicken that Hillbilly Jim called himself, and he felt a need to let us know that. <laughs> but we do get an introduction to all the animals. There was a donkey, and there's another name that he can't say on TV. There was pigs. There was one, two, three, four dogs, I believe. I think two that we knew already, and I think there was two behind Granny. There was the chicken that was being defeathered, and there was the goat who was compared to look like Alfred Hayes a little bit. And I think that Lord Alfred Hayes said he was called a goat from time to time, but not Chris Jericho, greatest at what I do. Greatest of all time. Not either. From here, we go to a clip of Hulk Hogan wrestling training, HBJ, Billy Jim. They talk about Hawk Gizzards, aka steroids. <laughs> And HBJ is being shown his first wrestling hole, even though he's already won his first match. Congratulations. You didn't need no wrestling to win in wrestling. Doesn't say much for the jobber that he faced. Then Hogan gives him some six-month-old boots that probably smell wonderful. Oh, yeah. He was extremely excited. Yes. I guess one day he knew there would be an eBay to sell them on. Well, I think it's a swap meet for them. Yes, yes, swap meet, yeah. And you know something's wrong when Hulk Hogan looks at one of those protein shakes and says, hmm, something's wrong. It's very, very bad. <laughs> to sum up the protein shake, it was a complete reversal of what we originally saw with Hillbilly Jim being sketchy and not liking it and just Hillbilly Jim downing him left and right and Hulk Hogan be like, oh, you drink that? Oh, it smells horrible. It's good for you. Yeah. Definitely. Back on set, HBJ tries to get Hayes to milk a goat. But before that, there was this moment that Lord Alfred Hayes shared with a little pig we were going to post. That's the cutest thing I have ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) By any means. And I did notice that Hillbilly Jim took a liking to the way Alfred enunciated his words. I did happen to catch a little sound clip that kind of threw me off. You know that, that's burning. I like like when that man there talks. He got a little pretty mouth, ain't he? So look out, Alfred Hayes. Maybe more than a goat milking going on. You ain't careful. Yep, and you will squeal like a pig. Next up, Squeaky Door. <sighs> At 14.58 minute mark, we have a Squeaky Door during the Nyhart with Fuji. Fuji and Nyhart come out. Mr. Nyhart claims to hold the world record in the 100-pound anvil toss. Kayfabe, he doesn't. Why do they call me the anvil? Because right. I am the world record holder in the anvil toss. The 100-pound anvil toss 26 feet 5 inches something made up for Stu Hart Stampede Wrestling he supposedly won a $500 prize and this says 11 feet 2 inches so even more fabrication on Anvil's part than the original story when it was told in Stampede so even got that wrong mm. forgot his own lie I do like the fact that when they first got on there Vince asked Nightheart what he thought of Hillbilly Jim and Nightheart had the audacity to say you mean a Hillbilly Jerk I toss Anvils okay horseshoes Anvils pretty close <laughs> Oh, and I played for the Cowboys. Mm, Calm down. I don't think they were hitting on much back in 85. Here's his pro football career. He played in practice and preseason for Oakland and Dallas. That's what he did. Never played a regular season game for either team. Mm, Maybe if he would have channeled his Amdula Amlongata, he could have got it instead of being the water boy. (laughs) 
Yeah, back then they didn't even have Madden, so you can't even play as Jim and Nyhart in preseason mode or anything. Unless you create them yourself. I don't think I can have anybody tossing anvils in the field. So. Nah, he'd be a good halftime show. <laughs> That's true. We have Hillbilly chasing the chicken as he tosses anvil. There we go. The Jim and Jim show. Match one. Mm-hmm. We have Jim Nyhart with Fuji versus Jose Luis Rivera. Ron Rivera, nephew. Built from Reno, Nevada. I do believe I hear Vince and Bruno on the horn. Give them the play-by-play. You do, sir. And I didn't notice too much out of this match since I've seen Anvil wrestle before. It's pretty much the same. Chop, chop, bang, bang. Not too much. Giggle, giggle, laugh. The one thing <laughs> I did notice was that when they called Mr. Fuji, everybody cheered. Even though he's a bad guy. When he called out Jim, not so much. <laughs> More booze. That kind of threw me off. Yeah, I didn't know why Jim was billed from Reno, Nevada. I don't know how he became a member of the Canadian club, but maybe he got pulled in once Rick got there. But he gets an early jump on Rivera, and yeah, like you said, little offense on Rivera's side. Go figure. And then Jim gets a running power slam for the win. One, two, three. It was a good power slam. As Lord Alfred Hayes noted, going back to the studio, it was a good two-foot jump. Yes, much better than the one that we see in a future episode that we'll touch on. So, up next, U.S. Express, or Mike Rotunda and Barry Wyndham, as I still don't think they've given the official U.S. Express name yet, with Captain Lou Albano. This was an awkward one. This was very, yes, very awkward. We do have a gif we're going to put up of uh, them coming out, and what we don't usually see is a mob of teenage girls hounding the Iron Sheik or Hulk Hogan. But for some weird reason, these six girls happen to get around security, and on Lou Albano's cue, mind you, started mobbing these two poor people. Queens love the U.S. Express, apparently. <laughs> yes. Captain Lou, big shocker, promotes MS. <laughs> Barry promotes Lou, keeping him supplied with t-shirts. This whole first interview, Mike Rotundo says nothing. Nothing at all. This leads into a jip. Yay. U.S. Express with Captain Lou versus Murdoch and Adonis for the title. Such an important match. We only need one commentator, Vince McMahon. And apparently you only need one light to light the ring because I couldn't see anything else out of the ring. It was so dark. Running back the time and just going with old school one flashlight. Yes. Adonis, I did notice, is getting adorable Adrian Adonis eyes. Starting to get a little flabby. Mm. Not quite there yet. It'll come if we wait. Very awkward camera coverage for this. It's like, oh yeah, um, yes. I guess we need to film this. They're going to lose the titles tonight and we'll probably want to show that later on. So, handheld guy, get out there. Yes, most definitely. Ends it with a sunset flip by Barry for the win and we have new tag team champs. Yeah. Go back to studio. Mike speaks. Oh. I even wrote it down. The 30 minute 20 second mark. He finally speaks. He reinstates that they'll be ready for all challengers. And then they go to a break. Captain Lou comes back. States why he's a good fit for the US Express. Even though a few episodes before he was dissing them and saying how crappy they were. Next up, Granny Kim. And they go to her kitchen this time. Which will come into play later as well. Lord Alfred Hayes wants something to drink. They're preparing a dinner feast. Ish. I think you missed the most important part of that meal. What was that? Hill Billy didn't take his hat off and Granny was getting ready to <laughs> climb up there and take it off for him. Yes. Lord Alfred Hayes comes with his English style. Do you have a bit of wine? A bit of red wine? A bit of white wine? Yes, we do. Why, the lightning? 
That's white something, as Vince says. Also on the table, as Hillbilly Jim explains to us, ham, fat back, chicken from earlier, we can only assume, rolls and biscuits, collard greens, and buttered potatoes. Such a hearty meal. Yes. We got protein, protein, carbs, protein, carbs, carbs, mm, protein, carbs. Back on set, we get to see Swede Hansen. And he joins the kitchen. Apparently, he's part of the crew. And he also drinks some white wine and appreciates it. He drinks it all in one sitting. Fills up the glass, drinks it like some water. Next, we go to our next chip. S.T. Jones for Swede Hansen. And I think... I think what stuck out the most about this match was the announcer at the end. <laughs> the match itself was quick and fast. SD once again did not get the win. It was a special delivery. <laughs> yeah, Sweet and Hanson did. We had Gorilla Monsoon and Vince on the call there. It was a side splash. And here's where the best part of the match came on. The announcer, David Zinkoff, on the call. I think Dave got into the white wine as well. He was in something, that's for sure. Or he was calling it ready to go home. Go back to the kitchen, and Granny Kim gives Lord Alfred Hayes some take-home white wine for that long car trip. I think 9 out of 10 police recommend that you don't do that. Most definitely. But I don't think we'd have to worry about him drinking it. No, he'll pour it out or give it to Swede. But get a free thing of wine, that's uh, that's pretty big nowadays. Oh yeah, for sure. Probably get about $100 worth. Almost unheard of. Size of that one. Oh, that yeah. It's a huge bottle jug there. <laughs> I meant to mention this whenever you're talking about Swede. Vince mentions that he's from Slaughter Creek, North Carolina. There's no Slaughter Creek, North Carolina. The closest thing I could find to Slaughter Creek was in Slaughter Creek, Delaware. Damn it, Vince. What kind of Carolinian are you? Unacceptable. Makes up towns. He may have got it confused. Yeah, probably so. He had North Carolina on the brain because of all the food he was eating, I guess. I don't know. So they wrap it up one last time, going back to Granny's Kitchen, and we get the great announcement of who's coming up next. Also, Salvatore Belomo will be with us next week with a very special presentation. He's been working on a boat for some time. And I think he has it just about complete. Boatman is back for episode 24. Can't wait for that. I think it'll be great. Speak up, speak up. It was not too bad of an episode. Like I said, I think it was aired out of place. I did notice one de facto thing that I'll drop on you. And I believe this will also prove that it was out of place. Because at one time, Vince went to break with Nyhart. And he was wearing this outfit. And then they came back after Nyhart. And he was wearing this outfit. So, yeah, something was done out of order there. Something to watch for if anyone watches episode 23, Vince's jacket changes. After speaking to Nightheart, it goes from plaid to brown, along with his tie and everything. So, consistency, people. We need to get that. Yes, it was a good episode, as you say, wrapping this episode up. Good to see Vince in his hometown, as much as he wants to deny it. Follow us on social media. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the tag team podcast. On Twitter, at Tag Team. On Google Plus, Tag Team Podcast. Or email us, at the Tag Team Podcast at gmail.com. Or on the tagline, leave us a voicemail. 
6016544 tag that's 6016544824 you got some history for us you know it we begin classic historical figures you'll remember way more clearly than whatever you were taught in history class breakdown of big events that shaped pop culture 1985 is one of the most important years this day in history it is again friday instead of tuesday under the sign of the pisces whatever that means the u.s president is still ronald reagan he's still hanging in there he does go under the republican thing on politics <laughs> famous people born this day sean garbelli and gloria gavon It's okay, baby birds. I'll feed you. Don't worry. I got you covered. And this week, February people, they were listening to Careless Whisper by Wham, still up there in the U.S. and in the U.K. I Know Him So Well by Elaine Page and Barbara Dixon. Yeah, I'm glad she does. Still hanging in there. I still don't know what that is. But if I'll never know, I think I'll be all right. <laughs> Sean Garbali is the current Massachusetts state representative for the 23rd Middlesex District representing Arlington and West Medford. And Gloria Gavon is Matt Barnes' ex-wife. Ah, so that's the one Derek Fisher had a thing for, I wonder. Take your word on it. Yeah, they had a little scuffle. It's kind of weird, too, because Derek Fisher was a player, but at the time was a coach. So, yeah, it was awkward. Don't see too many players going after coaches for doing stuff with their wives. That's true. Alrighty. That is history. Just like this episode. What do you want? You keep touching my leg. Coming up next week, we got the Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, and as indicated, Dr. D. David Schultz. Yes. I want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to download. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your family's friends. Tell your friends of your family to download, download, download. Thank you for listening to the Tag Team Podcast. Join Jeff and John next week as they continue to break down WWF Tuesday Night Titans. Now what I want you to come here, come here, Lord, would you, would you mind getting over here? Come here and just lift this thing here a little bit here.